The Believer's Walk of Faith is paid for by Bill Winston Ministries partners and viewers. Up next on The Believer's Walk of Faith. People fear death. They fear just even the thought of death, even the subject of death almost. And sometimes that fear will take different forms. In other words, they say, I fear flying. But they don't really fear flying, they fear dying. Some are afraid of swimming, aquaphobia, water. Some afraid of heights. Some afraid of being in the house alone by themselves. Some afraid of all these things. Now all these things are derived from the fear of death. So if I can get the fear of death removed from you, you can enjoy life on a level that you hadn't enjoyed it before. God is now showing us how to put death on the shelf until such time as we need it and not have death to dictate to us what death wants to do. To actually put death in the warehouse until we, such as a time, are ready for death and therefore having us to lead a life that can be free of the fear of death. Hebrews chapter 2, verse 14. Look at verse 14. For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the same, that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death. That is who? That is the devil. Now, this part of that, this verse 14 says he also likewise took part of the same. That is Jesus. Jesus took the form of the word, of the physical form of mankind in this earth. That through death he might destroy him that had the power of death, that is the devil. Now the word destroy there means basically that he'll render powerless. Render powerless. So the enemy's ability to wield death Jesus came to destroy that ability and or to make of none effect. And uh, that the devil had the power of death and he had it, meaning that once Jesus came, he took away the power of death that Satan had and now Satan doesn't have that power anymore. Jesus in Revelation chapter 1 and verse 18, don't turn there. He said, I am he who liveth and was dead, and behold, I'm alive forevermore. For I have the keys to hell and death. Keys symbolize authority. So he passed that authority on to the church, to the believer. So Satan no longer has the power of death over the believer. That now we have this power that we've been brought out of this place where he can wield death over our lives. Now, verse 15 says, and deliver them who through fear of death were all their lifetimes subject to bondage. 
Now, what we said is that people fear death. They fear just even the thought of death, even the subject of death almost. And sometimes that fear will take different forms. In other words, they say, I fear flying. But they don't really fear flying, they fear dying. Some afraid of swimming, aquaphobia, water. Some afraid of heights. Some afraid of being in the house alone by themselves. Some afraid of all these things. Now, all these things are derived from the fear of death. So if I can get the fear of death removed from you, you can enjoy life on a level that you hadn't enjoyed it before. You probably go out here and buy yourself a motorcycle or something and go down the road. Now, I'm planning on doing just that. Now, I can't do it myself, rely on the Holy Ghost. So now, they were subject to bondage. So now, let's look, first of all, come back to the origin and look at the origin of death. Let's come back to Genesis, if you will, in Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, 26. And God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have what? Dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, over the cattle, and over how much of the earth? All the earth. And over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. And so God created man in his own image. And in the image of God created he him, male and female created he them. Now this is talking about the creation of man. So now God has created man. He has made man out of what we literally describe as nothing. He made man out of that which you couldn't, something you couldn't see. And so he created man, and this part of man that he's talking about is the real man. In other words, that which is spirit. And he created it in his own image and after his likeness, meaning that image means the exact duplicate of kind. If I look in a mirror, I see my what? Image. If you look at a man that God created, you're going to see what God looks like. Now, I'm just, I'm just, listen, I'm not going any further than Scripture's taking me, but I'm going here to the Scriptures and say, hey, somehow we got to resemble God because he made him in his own image. Now, I know I didn't get many amens on that, but that's all right. You don't need to, you go there after it's all over with. I mean, when, when we go and break some more ground. Now, what am I saying? Now, I'm not trying to bring God down to some, some natural level. I'm, I'm saying this, that when Adam was first created, he was created in the exact duplicate of God. God made him and created him. And then God said, let them have dominion, not us. Let them have dominion. You with me? Now, let's look at Genesis chapter 2 because now he goes on and he begins to talk about the next stage of how God is making man. Verse 7, And the Lord God formed the man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. Now, God formed this time, not created, different Hebrew word, formed. That means to mold from substance that already exists. 
So he formed man of the dust of the ground. So he used the, the uh, elements of the soil to form man's body. Okay? Now, he then breathed into his nostrils and man became a living soul. So now man uh, is three parts. Spirit, which is a real man. Soul, which is a psychic part of man. And a body, which body in the Hebrew, in the Greek, soma means slave. So he created him tripartite. These parts function together. But the real man is inside, invisible, is a spirit and is exact image and duplicate of God. Okay? Now, in this, now God is going to put man in the garden that he had prepared for mankind. Look at verse 15. And the Lord God took the man, put him in the garden of Eden to dress it and keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man. Now underline, commanded the man. Saying, of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely, what? Die. Now, now he's, now he's, placing a demand on man's potential. The first thing he does is give him work. Now, one of the reasons for work, go back to the original reason for work, is that there is potential inside of you. And as you work, you work it out. You develop that which was inside of you so that you could better serve those around you. You weren't going to work for a living. You were working for a giving. Are you with me? All right, now, so he put him in there, but he gave him a prohibition. He said, don't eat of that tree. I command you. For the day you eat of that tree, you shall surely die. He didn't say a 50-50 chance. He said, if you eat of that one, you got a 100% chance that you're going to die. Now, notice he's doing now. He's exercising man's free will. So now he's exercising the will of man. And so now if you're going down in that chapter, he then has him to name the animals. Notice what he's exercising now. He's exercising the intellect. He's exercising the imagination. Now I'm saying the same way God is doing Adam, he's doing us. But there's something also unique in this. Turn to Hebrews, if you will. Uh, listen, turn, put something right there, Genesis chapter 3, and because I'm coming back. Turn to Hebrews chapter 2. All right, let me know when you get to Hebrews chapter 2. Look at what it says in verse 9. But we see Jesus, who was made a little lower than the angels, for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, and, uh, that he, by the grace of God, should taste death for how many men? Every man. For it became him for whom are all things and by whom are all things. 
in bringing many sons to glory to make the captain of their salvation perfect through sufferings. Now, the captain of the, our salvation is who? Jesus. So it's saying here that it, he was made perfect through sufferings. Now, what am I trying to tell you? The Bible says in Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, that Jesus was the last who? Adam. So he came to show you how Adam was before the fall, taking dominion over all the earth. But he wasn't doing that to say, I'm Jesus, I'm the son of God, I can do this and you can't. He said, the things that I do shall you do also. Who was he talking to? He's talking to people who had been born again, or, or people at that time who was following the covenant, but eventually talking to people who were born again, who had the same thing in him that he had in him. Let, let, I'm going to try to explain this. Adam was not born perfect. He was born innocent. And through obedience, did he become perfected? Are you with me? And that's why he could sin. He wasn't born perfect. If he was born perfect, wasn't nothing be missing. He'd be perfect in everything he does. He wasn't born perfect. But what I'm telling you is neither was Jesus. Now, I know this is messing up your theology. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 5, please. I know Jesus was the Son of God, but God put his God, Jesus put his Godhead ability aside and operated like a man. He went through everything. He was tempted in all points as we are. Tempted, tempted. If you were God, you couldn't be tempted because you'd know everything. But he was tempted. Look what it says here in Hebrews chapter 5 and verse 8. Though he were a son, yet learned he obedience by the things which he what? Suffered. And being made perfect, he became the author and eternal salvation unto all them that obey him. He was being made perfect. Now, I want you to see this because this is the same way God is doing you and me. When you first come in here, you were born a baby. You were born innocent. You've been born again, innocent, a baby. And through obedience, see, God is working things out in your life. He'll bring you into certain environments where you have a chance to exercise love. He'll bring you into another environment where you have a chance to exercise patience. He'll bring you into another environment where you get a chance to exercise your, your imagination. He'll bring you into it. Why? He's developing you through his word now. Say amen. The Holy Ghost's job is to perfect you that when Jesus comes back, you don't have a spot or a wrinkle. He, he is to make you, prepare you for God, for Jesus' coming. He's the bridegroom. Now, my point to you is that here is a situation where we're finding out how Adam was and what happened to Adam, what made him slip. He wasn't perfect. He was innocent. Now God is perfecting him. So uh, 
look at one more place, if you will, because I showed them that this morning. I want to leave it out. Let's go to Luke chapter uh, 2, please. Luke chapter 2. Amen. Amen. Luke chapter 2. And let me know when you get to Luke chapter 2. You're there. Praise the Lord. Look at verse 52, 5 2. He says, and Jesus increased in wisdom. Well, now, if he is operating like as God, how's he going to increase in wisdom? Okay? And stature and in favor with God and man. All right? All right, let's go back now to Genesis chapter 3. All right, look at verse 1. Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, You shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the tree of the fruit of the uh, we may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden. But of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God hath said, You shall not eat of it, neither shall you touch it, lest you what? Lest you die. And the serpent said unto the woman, You shall not surely die. For God does know that in the day you eat thereof, then your eyes will be open, shall be open, and you shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was pleasant to the eyes and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit of thereof and did eat and gave also to her husband with her, underlined with her. He wasn't down there shopping at Sam's Club. He was with her right there with her and he did eat. And the eyes of them both were open, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves apron, aprons and, or coverings. And they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God amongst the trees of the garden. Now, Here is Adam. Adam, the Bible says over in the New Testament, was not deceived. The Bible says Eve, the wife, was deceived. Now God has set up headship. That's a whole other sermon. And he made it so that the husband is the head of the wife. That doesn't mean somebody going to dog somebody around. Doesn't mean that. It means that he is the one that's set up to protect her. Okay? Now, the enemy was after the head because the head carried the seed. What happens is when Adam got cut off, whew, glory to God, y'all with me. When he sinned, when he, when he violated the prohibition of God and used his free will to sin, he then died. Now, death, spiritually, is to be separated from God. Is to be separated from God. When a person dies spiritually, they're separated from God. Now, when they're separated from God, that separation, death, was instant. The moment he violated the command, 
instantly he died. Spiritually, dead. His body took another 900 years or so, whatever it was, to die because he really didn't know how to die. He wasn't made to die. He was made to live forever. But he died because he was created like God. He was made to live forever, but he died and he died progressively. So where he died instantly in the spirit, physically, he died progressively. You got what I'm saying? Now, here's Adam. He's a dead man walking around. Just a matter of time before his body ceases to exist again. So his spirit now not only died to God, but it got changed and he took on a new nature. He took on the nature of the one he followed, which was Satan. So now he took on a satanic nature called iniquity or death. So where he had life in him before, now he's filled with death. And so now he and God not talking anymore, meaning that it's just like I'm talking and I'm talking on the telephone to somebody and somebody kicks the plug of the phone out of the wall. I'll, I'll, hello, hello, hello. The person on the other side, hello, hello, uh, hello, hello. But we can't hear each other because that's what happened when death came in. All right? Now, you see what Jesus has to do. He has to repair the breach. Well, I trust that you were blessed by that powerful message. Now, that's redeemed from death. Now, this is a teaching that I did some years back, but it is as relevant today as it ever was. You see long lines of people being checked and so forth. Why? This pandemic has got people fearing death. Now, in this powerful revelation, what I teach is that you can put death on the shelf until you get ready for it. Isn't that powerful? Well, I trust that you enjoyed this teaching. Now, until next time, this is Bill Winston saying we love you and keep walking by faith. How would you live your life if you had no fear of death? Dr. Bill Winston will show you the power of living your life free from the fear of death with this dynamic series entitled Redeemed from Death. Death is not from God. Death is not a friend of God's. It's not a friend of Jesus's, and it shouldn't be a friend of yours. Order Redeemed from Death by Dr. Bill Winston, and you'll learn the true meaning of death, how death entered the earth, how to identify your spiritual father, why you can believe God for a long life, and much more. There is an appointment that you can make with death. During this teaching, I'm going to show you how to put death in storage until you get 
ready for it. To order your copy of Redeemed from Death, simply write to Bill Winston Ministries, P.O. Box 947, Oak Park, Illinois 60303. By bank card at 1-800-711-9327 or online at www.billwinston.org. Jesus came to redeem us from the enemies of poverty, sickness, and the last enemy, death. Start living and enjoying your life in ways you may have never imagined. Order your copy of Redeemed from Death today. My name is Mildred Maddox. I'm from Hattiesburg, Mississippi. I became saved some years ago, and after giving my life to God, I had a hunger and thirst for to know His Word. I was hearing preaching, but no teaching. And one day, I happened to turn on the TV. This man is talking about faith. What is faith? I had read about faith, but I had not been taught on faith and I started listening to his teaching and from his teachings from those broadcasts it taught me how to live by faith how to start speaking my whole mindset changed and when my mindset changed by listening and applying the Word of God my whole life turned I was uh, working for another person and he I stepped out I said, God, you said that you shall supply all of my needs. And uh, through listening and applying and applying the law of confession and faith, God blessed me to open up two businesses, businesses that I know I could not have done because everything around me said, no, you can't, you know. And, uh, and through that, one of them every day at 1030, in that business, my TV is on to build Wisdom's ministry. Yeah. And all of my clients that comes in there, even the, one, the ones as a regular clients, they already know if they get there at 10.15, Ms. Mildred, you don't have the TV on. I say you don't come on until 10.30. They are hungry. They, they have, I have had people to come in and just sit and listen to the teaching on that 10.30 service and came in and asked me, what must I do to be saved? And you know, and I just say, I thank God. I credit all that to God connecting me through broadcast. I'd never seen him before, never been around, but through broadcast in all those years that he connected me with this ministry and it connected other people, drawed other people to Christ and it have changed my life. And I just thank God because if it wasn't for you all that was partnering at that time that the ministry could go through the television where I could get it. I, I don't know where I would be right now. So I say thank you all, and I thank God. Thank you, Bill Winston Ministry Partners, for helping us take this message of faith to the world through the Believer's Walk of Faith broadcast. We are reaching millions of people with the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Not a partner yet? Sign up today and be a part of what God is doing through this ministry. We are transforming the world for Christ, one life at a time. Doctors Bill and Veronica Winston are dedicated to seeing lives changed through the power of prayer. 
Our loving and highly trained prayer ministers are ready to pray and agree with you. We know that prayer can turn around any situation in your life. Contact us by phone at 1-877-543-9443 or submit your prayer request online at billwinston.org forward slash prayer. We want to thank our partners who have made this prayer call center possible. Together, we are transforming lives throughout the world. If you are not a partner, we encourage you to pray about joining us in partnership and be a part of the wonderful work that God is doing through this ministry.